0: By mercy and grace to help in the time of need, and we thank you, Lord, that we thank you that we do need you. that's a wisdom white right, right there is that we need you, we're aware of it, we appreciate it, we understand it, that you have come back to us in the form of your Son Jesus, who has endued us with power from on high through the precious Holy Spirit, that all the fullness of the Godhead dwells in us bodily, so we thank you for that, Lord. And open up our eyes and our ears that we might hear, and we might see your word today, in Jesus' name, Amen. And praise God. So we're going to talk about the fact that you can trust God with your body, Amen. So if there's a total surrender needed, still uh, in your body, that's we got to surrender that too. And uh, the way you surrender it is to seek God first with everything that you do. Uh, as far as your physical man is concerned, now I know a lot of times we we take some things for granted. We think, well, you know, I'll just I'm used to eating this. I'm gonna go ahead and eat it, and, you know. I'm used to drinking this water, or this beverage, or whatever, and I'll just go ahead and do it, and all of that kind of stuff. But the word reminds us to bless our bread and our water, and He will take sickness from the midst of us. And so, and then too, there's some things that, you know, if something isn't, isn't reacting right with your body, you have to change those things. <clears throat> the other thing is how you treat your body when it's not feeling well. And, and I believe that we should seek God first and pray and, and confess the word over our physical persons, uh, initially. Do that first. Instead of running off and, and, you know, going to urgent care or, you know, whatever, sometimes it's good to lay hands on yourself. And the healing unction will be there. The healing anointing will grow as you take care of your own body. Uh, in, in James, uh, one, it, it, when it tells us to call for the elders of the church, the implication there is that you have already sought God and you have already Applied the word to your physical uh, symptoms, and they have their they you haven't met the challenge with your faith, you know. If 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 it if it is beyond your your level of repair is is what the implication in that scripture is. When it says if any sick among you, it it, it implies that you've already prayed, you've already gotten in the word, and you can't get relief from it. And so then the elders of the church. It's not that you, you're going to the hospital and you call and if they don't come, you mad at everybody and you leave the church. You understand what I'm saying? This is now not for house calls and, and hospital room calls. This is for the maintenance of your physical body. Uh, just like you would take an aspirin and you don't call the doctor before you take an aspirin. Whatever is at your disposal, that you can use to get your health back, you do that first. So you seek God first in everything. Amen? Now this is not to condemn anybody, for but if that's a habit you have of overlooking that step and looking for his guidance to get deliverance from any kind of physical oppression, start doing it. Amen? And, and experience what it really means to walk by divine health and to trust God with your body. Amen. If you can trust a pill, you can trust God. Even more so. Amen. And so it's a good thing to just get our our faith and our confidence in God centered around him. Uh you know when when God would tell them to sanctify certain things. That means to to speak the word over it. Amen. You sanctify your body by speaking the word over it. Amen. This body belongs to God. None of the diseases can come into my body. You're a trespasser and a liar when you come here in Jesus' name. And begin to speak and and resist the devil. Amen. Submit to the power of God. And resist the devil. Where you can only submit to God if you've talked to him about it. Amen. You prayed about it. God, I'm gonna, I'm, you know, I need your direction here. You know, sometimes you just automatically lay hands on yourself and speak to a stomach ache or speak to a, a pain in your leg or your arm or something like that and that thing will leave. Amen? And if it's, if it's beginning to get to the place where it's, it's beyond, say it's beginning to, uh, press on your mind or get you discouraged or before you go down that road, then you call for the elders of the church. See? And so there's the, the plan that God has to take care of His family. It involves the church. Amen? It involves the body of believers that you're assigned to. Not just anybody you find on Facebook. Or anybody you think knows God. Amen? There's a body of believers that God is holding accountable. You know, for your health, your healing, your teaching, your well-being. You know, your your guidance when you have difficulty. Amen. Uh, if you, you, you know, if you have financial problems, you know, you can talk to the pastor. And if there's been no relief, you know, we've taken offerings for people over the years all the time. You know, that's, that's part of the church's responsibility is to take care of the household of faith. Amen. The first delegations in the early church the, that were delegated authority was to feed people. Amen. The deacons were appointed to make sure that people got fed every day. You know what I'm saying? So, And, and this, this is why we pray for you to keep your job, get a better job. your finance, We pray for that all the time. Why? We know you want to be self-sufficient. You don't want to come asking for help, but there's help here if you need it. You see what I'm saying? So, I mean, what, what better way could God have of taking care of his people than to uh, assign you to a community of faith? Amen. Assign you to a community of faith where, where people are assigned to look out for your well-being. Amen. And you don't have to depend on Facebook and, and keep begging for prayer from strangers. You know, that's, that's just not right. You, you should have, should be people you have confidence in. Amen. It was kind of interesting. I was looking to, uh, listening to Brother Hagen and, and, you know, he, he's, he had, he was pastoring many years, found out he wasn't supposed to be. God told him, he said, you, you're just getting ready to start your ministry. He said, God, I've been pastoring for 12 years. He said, I never told you to do that. Amen. But God is merciful. You know, I mean, if that's the best you know, you know, he'll help, but he'll help you get. At some point, you need to go to him and find out exactly what you're supposed to be doing. You know, instead of just skirting around the edges and, and doing what you think is right, there's, there's something that he wants, he's assigned everybody to do. And so, uh, Brother Hagan was saying that over the years after that, he had noticed different pastors that he knew. And he said he, he observed this one pastor, he said he was so young. And he said that, uh, he, this woman was asking him, she had some kind of problem she had, and and so Brother Hagen was listening for what this guy's answer would be, and he said, boy, when she spit that out, I thought to myself, how in the world is he going to help this lady, as young as he is, he said, and those words started flowing out of his mouth in such wisdom and such understanding, he said, and I saw the difference between really being called to do something and picking it up, see, and and letting God help you even though that's not your calling. And so it's all ministry gifts have to slot into their anointing and function in their call, you know, or or the body body's gonna be missing something, out of balance with something. But he mentioned also that a woman came up to him for prayer one time and asked him to pray for her. For her, her healing, and he said the Lord stopped him and told him he he told him he said no she's supposed to go to the elders of her church, and so Brother Hagan told her that, and she boy she said I'm not I'm not going to ask them for anything I don't trust it. And she just let out a, see what I'm saying, so you can't shop around for what you have no idea who has your healing, you have no idea just like the 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 man who sat at the gate beautiful. Jesus went in and out of that gate many times and never touched that man. Cause his name wasn't on that miracle. Somebody else's name was on that miracle. You gotta do what you're assigned to do. You understand what I'm saying? And so that is so very important. And God, let Jesus be the head of the church. Let him run stuff. Amen? He runs it better than anybody does. So okay, so, uh, in, in, you trusting God with your body. Proverbs 3, 5 tells us, it says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Amen? And lean not to your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge Him. What do you want to do? What are you planning to do? Every situation that you're planning, acknowledge Him. He shall direct your path. So wait on direction before you step out. He says, be not wise in your own eyes, but trust the Lord, fear the Lord, and depart from evil. So being wise in your own eyes, he says, here is evil. Yes? <laughs> he says, if you if you trust God, it will be health to your navel and marrow to your bones. In other words, it will work deep in you. When you trust God, like the things we can think that we want to do are very superficial and very fleeting. You'll come up with a different idea every five minutes if you just let your mind keep racing around looking for things. But it be getting into your marrow and your navel really is the source of life. Amen. All right, all you moms who delivered babies, what did they have to disconnect so that baby could live on their own? Right, so that your navel is a source of life. Amen for everybody, and so it will get deep into your core. In other words, it'll get deep into your 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 uh, uh, what says marrow. The source of life really is the bone marrow. We know that now. Amen, and so when God gives you something he goes deep it's not an idea that just flits through your head and, and goes out the next five minutes amen we can sit up and entertain ideas all day long amen i like what brother hagan said he said what did he say um he said plans or visions that are not acted on die from inactivity So we can let a lot of ideas just die by not acting on them. Once you act on them, then they come alive. Amen. So it's good to be able to sort out what's God and what's not God. Amen. It's good to be able to think things through with the Lord. He said, let us reason together, not by yourself, but reason together, saith the Lord, and so he wants to be a part of our thinking, a part of our understanding. He wants to author our ideas and our plans so that they'll work. If he don't author them, they don't work. Amen. So we have to acknowledge him in all of our ways. You know, while we're while we're making plans to step out and do things, acknowledge God. Say, God, is this really what you want? And be sincere about it. Don't be superficial and, and just glib about it and assume that he's put it in your heart to sort of do stuff. You, you have to know. And then sometimes plans change. You ever had something you've been working on for a season and then when it's time to step into it, you find that door closed? <laughs> I know I have. And I'm thinking, I say, well, Lord, what happened? I thought I was going to go to here in this direction and here you got you know, be on hold again. Amen? That's just God's way. You can't question. You know, the secret things belong to him. But the things that are revealed, if it's revealed to you, then he'll let you know. But if he don't tell you anything, you might as well quit worrying about it and quit stressing it and go on. Go find you something to do. Amen? Amen? Go find you some business, <laughs> Amen. So, so anyway, but but God wants us to. He wants us to be successful. This is the only way it's done, by acknowledging Him in all our ways. I'm not one way left out. Amen. Every way, and so uh, He He wants us to do that. So we are created in His image, Genesis one26 twenty six. You'll see that. Following God is like looking into the mirror. Because if we're made in his image, then we're a reflection of him. And so if you get in the mirror of God's word and you get his heart and his mind, then you'll be able to form your ideas the right way, everything. So it says here in 26, it says, and God said, let us make man in our image. So he verbalized his plan first. God always works like that. Through the word first and then the follow through. Amen. Let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have. So conceptually it was always male and female. Amen. From the beginning. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, cattle, over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created man in his image in the image of God created in him, male and female created he them. And then from that first male and female sprang forth all of the human race. Amen? So we did not make ourselves so we can't fix ourselves. I don't care how much we, you know, I used to see doctors when, when they, and this was something that they, they held sacred kind of in their training if they would see other physicians who would try and treat themselves, their eyebrows shot up. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh uh-uh. That's a no-no. You need to call one of your colleagues and get a confirmation. They didn't operate like that because they respected their own bodies. They respected the profession too much. And they were the same thing with family members. They didn't just treat family members. A lot of times you would see if doctors had a joint practice, if one of their kids was sick, their that kid would go over to see their partner in the in the practice or something like that. They because they understood their limitations as far as emotional involvement is concerned. That's how Lillian Yeomans wound up being a drug addict. Amen. That's how all of them get off on pills and, and all that kind of stuff because they isolate themselves from wisdom and isolate themselves from knowledge, objective knowledge. Because the, one of the, the, the hallmarks of true science is objectivity. In other words, you can't be a scientist and have a hidden agenda anywhere. Getting rich is is a hidden agenda. I must say it again. Wanting to get rich off of your craft is a hidden agenda. You got me. So you can't be motivated by anything that's other than finding out the facts, and let the facts take you where they go. Amen. And you'll find that across professions, it, they're. Every profession has like a set of ethics to go along with it, a set of moral um, guidelines that they have to follow to keep the profession pure and to keep it right amen and so uh, you, you, you know it's just it 's just that way they have things built into them that they don 't violate certain rules and certain laws amen and so it 's just good to remember that 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 you we are are bound by god 's laws. Uh, that he, he did not put us in the earth to resolve our own problems. When you has all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct you. That's not just the way you should go and how do you pay your bills and making decisions here and there, but how do you treat your body? What do you do when, when it's in pain and what do you, and God has an answer for us. Amen. Uh, fortunately, the answer is very simple in that Healing already has been granted to us through the atonement. So it's never a question of does he want to heal you? The answer he is, he already has. Amen. So we're heal If we're saved, we're healed. That, that word saved also means healing and deliverance from all the oppression of the enemy. And so in, in, in then it's up to us to seek God for how to proceed with it. Once you know it belongs to you, then god just has to guide you through the steps of how it's going to be accomplished amen and so it's it's not as difficult as it may seem sometimes but if you strike on on your own trying to to get the answers they're not going to come very easily and so we have to be careful about these things <clears throat> so if god created us then he understands everything about us he can also fix whatever's wrong amen Now, evolution has stolen this obvious faith from us. See, it's so obvious. If you buy a a Ford, if you want the best mechanics, you take it to a Ford, somebody who excels in in, uh, repairing that, that vehicle. They're expert on it. So we always want the best for our possessions. So you want the best for yourself. So always go to God first. Amen? So so oftentimes, though, we're not so prone to go to God because we have a lot of alternatives in front of us that we can easily step into without putting it before him as a matter of, God, I know I'm healed. I believe I received it when I prayed. Amen. So I've received my healing. But, Lord, these symptoms, I want these symptoms to go. So what do I do about that? And many times we know you can feed on the word. The word itself is medicine. There's so many avenues to healing. Sometimes if it's, if it's, uh, beyond your ability or you're very uncomfortable, you call for the elders of the church. So just, God, let me stay okay until I can get to church and get prayer. Or if you know you need to call right away, you can call either myself or Pastor Shirley on the phone. We'll pray with you on the phone to get rid of the, the demon. Amen. <laughs> just, just a devil of pain. You don't want pain. That's not for you. Amen. So anyway, <clears> hm, <throat> so oftentimes we're not so prone to go to God, but trust more in science and scientific things as superior to faith in God. Why? Because they're always promoted. God doesn't promote himself as much as, you know, it used to be doctors were too proud to, to promote their medicines and stuff on television, but now they do it. Amen. So you can hear about more things to, to take and, and, uh, all of that than anything. Sometimes you get this, uh, magazines, you know, the little inexpensive, well not little inexpensive, but the cheaper magazines, uh, they're geared toward women and, and, uh, you know, it got a lot of stars, business on there and all that. You'll see three and four page ads for certain pills. You know, and they have the full disclosure about all the information on it and so forth. And so why you think they're doing that is to keep you influenced by, Oh, okay, here's the latest pill for so and so so I can show this to somebody I know that's got it. And people are very, very, uh, free and sharing natural information. You know, they just want to include everybody. Oh yeah, this is real good. I tried this and, and it worked for me, et cetera, et cetera. So so, we have to be careful with things like that amen <clears throat> in isaiah forty six verse ten, you know we have a prophecy of forty eight forty six eighteen I think it is that we doing a new thing, so this is right in the same passage forty six Okay, in verse 9 it says, remember the former things of old. So it says, remember this, for I am God and there is none else. So never forget that former thing. Amen. I am God and there is none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning. God knows how it's going to end up before it even gets started. He knows the length of your days who you're going to marry, how many children you're going to have, what school you're going to go to, what jobs you're going to have. And he can speak that. He declares it from the beginning. So he knows the end of things. Amen. And he says, and from ancient times and things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. So I would rather connect with somebody like that. My goodness, how much more certain can you be that things will work out? He says his counsel will stand. He sees everything we do before we're even born. Our life is played out before God. Knows exactly what day you'll get saved. Exactly what day you'll fall out with people at the church. Exactly what they, you you know, you let life beat you up and then you get humble and you come back. He, He means to get, I mean, all of that. The ups and downs, the twists and turns. He knows all of that. At the beginning, he knows it. And he still deals with us in full confidence that we'll have success at it. You know most of us, if we know something something's not gonna work out for somebody, we just push them aside well, they ain't gonna do nothing with it anyway, we're really quick to judge people like that. You know what I'm saying? God knows that we're not going to do anything with it, and he has full confidence in us to to encourage us to keep going. It's amazing to you can't outdo he's that's why he said, remember this from the beginning. he says, "I'm God, and there's none else. there's nobody like me." Nobody like me. In counsel, in might, declaring the end from the beginning. Amen. And so uh, it's just a blessing to be in God's plan. See, this is why you can trust him. He knows everything at the beginning. All we have to do is fall in line with what he's doing right now. Amen. We don't have to know everything in the future. You can fall in line with God for right now. And get everything that you need. You can have all the confidence in him. You can have everything. So he declares the end at the beginning. Amen. Um, I wrote these notes back in 2012. And it looked like I had an example here. Uh, it says 24 people died of fundal meningitis from contaminated medicine used for back pain. See, that's an expensive shot. Took their lives. Amen. Because it was contaminated. Not cancer. Not anything terminal. But pain. They were just trying to get rid of pain. And died as a result of it. Now there were some people that got the contaminated injections. And they survived. Amen. Somehow they fell into the mercy of God. But the ones that didn't receive mercy passed away. God knew this was going to happen because he declares the end at the beginning. Nothing's a surprise to him. Sometimes God will try to warn us not to go here, not to go there, not to do this, not to do that. All those people that that survived 9/11 so many of them had stories about well I set out to go to work and my I I my kid was sitting there and I just couldn't leave him that morning so I called in sick and took a day off they lived amen so but God cannot intervene where he's not acknowledged so but man is a uh, compelled to obey when he is warned, amen? So when we're warned, we have to obey, amen? God warns us to seek him for guidance, wisdom, protection, but often we do not, amen? Whether or not we seek God depends on our perception of relying on Jesus as our healer. Sometimes it's good to be out of options, Because that forces your faith forward. Amen. That forces your faith in God to come up and stand up to the forefront. When you're leaning on your own understanding, your faith is in the background. But you want to always keep it in the foreground. Because the just will live by faith. That's where your life is. Your life force is your faith. Amen. And so other than that, we don't have life uh, coming forth in our decisions we don't have life coming forth in our actions in our understanding amen so if 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 we perceive that healing belongs to us if you get that as your foundation and that you received it already in the atonement you will be more inclined to acknowledge Jesus as your healer amen because if you just think healing is for, well, you know, I mean, that's okay. Well, I don't want to bother with that. I mean, it's just a this, and it's just a that, and it's just, a, man. I was listening to Dodi Osteen's testimony on her healing from from many, many years ago. I mean, it's been over, I think, maybe 40 years ago now that she was healed, still healed from from terminal liver cancer. They gave her two weeks to live. Talk about being under pressure. And, and she said that, she said, I remember my husband John would teach on healing and she, he, he, on the word and she said, uh, he would, he would, uh, encourage us to believe the word now and store it for later use. See? Always store the word up for later use. And many times we're so accustomed to listening to the word to grab something for what we need now. And if we don't need that right now, we just don't listen very hard. Amen. But it's always being stored up for later use. Because whether we like it or not, you're going to need that word to heal you. Amen. In fact, we're being healed every day. So much so that Jesus refers to healing as the children's bread. And who doesn't need bread every day? Amen. We're being we we're being restored from what the enemy stolen from us. Things that we've gone through in life, them things leave a scar. They leave deficits, they leave insecurities, they leave problems. And so the word comes into us to deliver us and help us and and uh get us out of living in a limited fashion because of things, experiences, negative experiences, and so it's just always good to know that, Amen. You need healing every day, you just do, Amen. I don't know about you, but I sure do, Amen. And so it's good that God supplies that to us. You know, get your healing on a daily, uh, while while it's not manifesting in some big problem. You know, there are things that we don't experience because we're we're daily taken in the Word, Amen. We can avoid certain difficult things in our lives because we've already got the Word stored up inside. Amen? Or it's been working on the root of something. And if it does manifest, it comes through small. Amen? Like a little teeny plant instead of a big one that blossoms and overtakes your body. Amen? And so we, we have to appreciate that about God's Word. So uh let me see. <clears throat> If we don't seek the Lord as healer, well let me just give you some examples of why people were thinking that would cause us not to ask God first to step in when we have, when we need health or healing restored. It's only for certain people. You know, we think, oh I don't need that, I can, I can take care of that. You know, we, we look at things as being so simple sometimes. And it's like, I can, I can do that. Sometimes you need to ask God about certain things. Amen. Uh, it's for people who don't have hospitalization. I have hospitalization. I can easily go and get it paid for. They think it's for big things, not, like, not what they have. Not knowing that what's small can be big. Amen. Or they're afraid that somebody's telling them it's wrong to go to the doctor. Amen. This is the fear that many people have that when you walk by faith that means that you can't do certain things. Well faith is not a do or don't thing. That's the law. Faith came before the law. And see what we do sometimes is we think that faith has certain do's and don'ts with it. Come on now, let's get it right, because it's very important how you think about faith. Faith does not close the door to natural remedies or temporary natural remedies. you got to stay alive so you can die another day. (laughs) You understand what I'm saying? We're all just putting off death down here, amen, but God understands where your faith is, amen. He'd rather have you go ahead and take a Tylenol or take something for your pain than to sit there and stare at it all day and think he's telling you you can't have it. Same thing with anything. If you feel led to go to the doctor, then go. If you think it's something that can be eliminated with your faith... And in the Word and staying in the Word, then you got to do that, Amen. And so everybody's got to do what you got to do, do what you need to do to stay alive. But seek God first. Don't ever feel that you got you it's either God or the doctor, or God or a natural remedy, or God or something, Amen. He's big enough to still be God if you got to take a pill. Or if you have to have a surgery or if you, whatever it is, he's still big enough to be your God. Amen. Just don't go off relying on that. He, you still belong to him. Amen. So he's not going to penalize you. You know, if, if they call 911 and you get carted out there, you're just going to have to ride it out and say, God, come, go with me in this. I take Jesus in this ambulance with me. Amen. And govern over this. Until they turn me loose. Amen. And every every day be looking for your health to spring forth and you get back functional so then you get back to your normal life again. Amen. So fear often causes us to cling to what's familiar. We're afraid to use our faith. We're afraid to pray and ask God how to proceed. We're afraid to get into the word. Amen. That's why Jesus taught and preached when he perceived fear. Amen, cause fear is the the father of unbelief. Amen. It's because we're afraid of something that we reject God's plan and His way. Amen. So, and we need to know that that uh, um, when when the word goes forth, it is fighting on our behalf. Every time you confess the word of God, it is fighting on your behalf. It's fighting to bring itself to pass. So if you confess by his stripes, I am healed, you need to do it until you're convinced of it. Amen. Because every time you say it, it hits against something. Amen. And that something is always unbelief or something else in our brain that we believe. The no, first thing your your carnal mind is going to say, but what about if you heal, why do you have, uh, what about this, what about that? And so we have to get beyond the place where our carnal mind fights it so much and just keep confessing it. So you keep confessing it to fight your mind and submitting to the truth. That's what the confession's for. It's not to impress God. That you, you look, God. I'm confessing the Word. I uh, check me down for a hundred times today. He knows the Word already. He is the Word, and He's not grading us on how many times we confess it. Because if a hundred's good, why not do a thousand? That'll be even better. That'll wash your little brain of all that fear you got in there. Amen. But as long as your mind questions something, you need to continue to minister the word to yourself. You know, because at some point, your mind's going to quit doing that to you so much. Amen. It might pop up a little bit here and there. You might, your mind might wander. You know, bring it back over here. Slap your mind back over here and say, "Nope, you, don't you go looking over there. We we don't live over there. We live over here in the word." Amen. So, so Jesus always taught and preached. The people when he perceived fear because fear is the father of unbelief. We said doubt and unbelief. Amen. And fear keeps you from le- releasing your faith in what you hear. Amen. You don't, you don't want to invest yourself in it for some reason. Amen. You, you, you think something bad's going to happen and sometimes we don't even question fear. We just bow to it and respect it and move on. Amen. It's true. So all your life as a Christian, you're going to be challenging that fear that pops up, you know, and and tries to get in your heart and rob you, you know, of of what God has for you. So you're going to have to work on that. Amen. And so we we just have to keep at it, keep believing, keep speaking the word, keep prophesying over ourselves, keep our declaration right toward the word, all of that. So that our faith can stay free to work on our behalf. See, it's doubt, unbelief, and fear mostly that keep our faith hostage. See, it, it imprisons your faith. So that your your mind won't think the word, your tongue won't speak the word, because your heart is hard to grasp onto it. See, you've got to get that word firmly in your heart. Amen. So when God tells you to trust him and don't lean to your own understanding, he means to drop it. Amen. Drop everything that came out of your mind. Amen. And and allow him to tell you what he has going on for you. Amen. So fear causes us to cling to what's familiar. And and God wants us to live by faith. Faith may not be as familiar to you. So you've got to step out. Into the new thing. So God has always had a covenant of healing with those who obey Him. Amen. From the foundation of the earth, the Lamb was slain for remission of our sins. Amen. So the covenant's always been there. It's an eternal covenant. The enemy doesn't know that. Amen. He thinks the covenant came since he started cutting up. And he wants to convince us that God wasn't smart enough to declare the end at the beginning. He declared you healed and righteous at the beginning. Amen. And he won't go back on it. So we have to look to eternity for our answers and not just at, at what we think or when we think the answer came about. Amen. Because whatever was already established is forever and it can't be changed. Amen. So we're healed and it can't be changed. Amen. We're delivered and it can't be changed. We're saved and it can't be changed. Amen. And so um, God wants us to follow His direction, follow His instruction in all your ways. Acknowledge Him; He will direct you. And so in the manner of healing. He directs us to Proverbs 4. It's one of the, the main uh, uh, scriptures that we've always used uh, in the realm of healing. Amen. And Proverbs 4.20 and 22 says, My son, attend to my words. Most of you know it by heart. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes. You gotta look at the word. Keep it in the midst of your heart. Now, God let this be written when there was only the written word. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, this was before we had videos, recordings, but He still left it in there. I don't see an eraser mark on mine. Don't have no eraser in there. Amen. So it's ears. Eyes and heart. There's your three witnesses for the word. Amen. So when you read it, your ears hear it, your eyes fall on it. And it says, hide it in your heart. Keep it in the midst of your heart. Why do you have to keep it? Because it can leave. Amen. If you didn't have to keep if it couldn't leave, he wouldn't say keep it amen you know there are many people that love Jesus with all their heart and used to believe in obeying him and they don't do it anymore you start you start cutting corners you start making excuses you start making yourself an exception and pretty soon you've got a uh um what is the origami <laughs> you know how they folding pieces of paper, clip here, clip there, and then pull it out, and you got a, a piece of paper with a lot of holes in it. But you think it looks like something interesting. You don't want your faith life to be like that, where you clip chips out of it and cut corners here and you know, I don't, I don't have to forgive them because they did this and that. You start playing around like that. You understand what I'm saying? And I mean on the essential things, forgiveness was something he gave to the church before they were even the church. You know, that was after he, he ascended. He was, he was, Jesus was adamant. In other words, if you don't learn to forgive, you'll never get to Pentecost. That's how foundational forgiveness is. I'm gonna say it again. When he turned Breathed on the disciples, receive ye the Holy Spirit. Whoever sends you, forgive. They're forgiven. Whoever sends you, retain. They're retained. They had to have that in order to make it to To think about it. Think of all the things that would come up in the next 50 days that would discourage them from waiting for Jesus to endue them with power. Because many of them quit. Wonder what made them quit. Offenses? Falling out with the people in charge? How many, how many of those disciples who were later apostles do you think ticked people off when they told them the word and told them what God had admonished them to do? Told them, no, you can't go out and minister anymore. We gotta wait until we get power from on high. How many of them went and started their own little thing they wanted to do? You understand what I'm saying? So forgiveness is essential to a Christian. I mean, that is just 100% Christian. You won't find it hardly in any other religion. They'll try to tell you, try to be good, but it's all works. It's never a hard thing. Amen, and forgiveness is a work of the heart. Amen. It's not just something you do to be nice, or something that you you do to do people a favor and, and you hold on to un, unforgiveness where you don't want to feel like you need to be nice to people. It's not a human thing, it's a supernatural thing. Amen. And it's very essential to harmony living harmoniously with God. You can't have anything against anybody and call God your friend and think you can go to him and pray and get an answer and hear correctly and all that. Don't take, don't play for, don't play the blood cheap. Don't ever do that. Don't ever do that. Ever. Jesus was so marred and beaten that the centurion was convinced he was the son of God. Because he took more beating than any human had ever taken before. So if the beating convinced a heathen, it ought to convince us that we need to honor it. Amen. Exodus twenty three, twenty five says, Ah, uh, let me turn here so I make sure I say it right. Oh no, 2325. I'm sorry. Like I I said, it says, this is just so powerful, in order to keep God's presence on them. In verse 24, it says, uh, you shall not bow down to their gods, these the Canaanite people nor serve them nor do after their works but you shall utterly overthrow them and quite break down their images god god is not he knows other things will compete with him in your heart for affection so he says destroy him don't let them be a snare to you don't don't try to question what i'm telling you just destroy him he says, and you shall serve the Lord your God, and he will bless your bread and your water, and I will take sickness away from the midst of you. Nothing shall cast their young, no miscarriages, no barrenness in your land, the number of your days I'll fulfill. If that doesn't, doesn't set it right for you, I tell you it's worth it to serve God, and lean not unto your own understanding. Amen. Just be straight up with God. God, I don't know what you're doing here. I don't know if I trust it. I don't know if I'm hearing from you. He'll settle you down until you can be sure. Amen. And you should want that. Amen. Uh, To me, the older I get, the more cautious I am. You know, some people, when they get older, they get more free. You know, oh, I'm retired. I don't have to do this. I I feel more restricted now than I ever have. Just to stay with what God wants me to do. Amen. And make every day count for Him. Amen. So, so He says He will bless our bread and our water and take sickness from the midst. Cause, cause food and water were a major source of poison. You know, it still is. Except we, we trust. Ask people in Flint, Michigan if that's not true. Amen. In Deuteronomy 7.15, he says he will take all sickness away from us. Amen. Over and over again, he repeats his covenant of health and healing. And it has to do with obedience just like it does now. Not leaning to our own understanding. Uh, allowing him to bless our bread and our water, sanctify it with your word and with prayer. Uh, Deuteronomy 7.15, and the Lord shall take away from you all sickness. In other words, if you manage to get sick, (laughs) amen, he will take it away from you. He'll heal you. And will put none of the evil diseases of Egypt, you know, some diseases belong to certain people. They don't belong to you, which you know upon you, but will lay them upon all that hate you. And you will consume and and you shall consume all the people which the Lord your God shall deliver to you. So in other words, God is saying, I make a distinction between my people who serve me and obey me and the heathen. Amen. We are blessed people because, number one, we have a blood covenant with him. And number two, we obey him in all things. So you can't skip anything. Gotta obey him in everything. Amen. He likes uh nailing us when we try to skip stuff. <laughs> Amen. We just do. We won't skip over this and skip over that. This ain't important. Oh yeah, God, he understands. You're right. Exodus fifteen twenty six says and he says, if you will diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord. Now, first, it was don't serve any other gods. Get rid of anything that would tempt you to go over and serve another god. Get rid of that. He says, also, he would bless our bread and our water. Take sickness away. If you get sick, he will bless the bread and the water. Now, we do that now. We, we confess over our food the blessing. Amen. We don't take anything for granted. Amen. And so, and hearkening to the voice of the Lord, hearing His word heals us. And so blessing your bread and your water, keeping the word before you, um, call sickness away. Oh, obedience to God, diligently hearkening. I mean, diligent everything. Don't skip anything. Amen. People have a tendency to think when they are doing a little bit of obedience, they're doing everything. Amen. Amen. He said, uh, that ain't right. So 1526, if you diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord your God, do that which is right in your sight, in his sight. Give ear to his commandments. Keep all his rules. He said, I'll put none of the diseases upon you which I brought upon the Egyptians from the Lord that heals you. Now it's interesting when, when this was said it was at the, the, uh, uh, brook of Mara and, and the water was bitter there. And he put a, they, uh, um, he told Moses, well, let me read it. Uh, 22 Moses brought Israel from the red sea and they went into the wilderness of Shur, And they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. Now, they probably had water with them. So it's not like God's... Mar- now, don't ever get it twisted that God made a march for three days with no water whatsoever. It went three days, they found no fresh water. So they were probably running out of what was in their little skins, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And when they came to Mara, they could not drink the waters because they were bitter. That's why they named it Mara. And the people murmured against Moses, saying, what shall we drink? They didn't come to him. They murmured against him. So they kept it on the QT, but everybody was buzzing. Amen. If you can't tell when people are talking about you behind your back, you, <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Everybody knows. It says, and he cried unto the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree which when he had cast it into the waters, they were made sweet. In other words, a poison was taken out. Therefore, he made for them a statute and an ordinance. So before you have a statute and an ordinance, you're not obligated to obedience. Come on now. Once the law is written and it's made public, you got to obey the law. Like if you run a red light or you go through a stop sign and the cop stops you and you say, well, I didn't know I had to stop for a stop sign. Ignorance of the law is no excuse. They write your ticket and there's never any excuse. Now, if you want to dispute it, you can go to court and dispute it and see what the judge says. But the judge is there to uphold the law and defend the law. So once God sets down a law, it must be obeyed as a condition of having the blessing. And it says, he made for them a statute and an ordinance and he proved them. Which means you get tested on whether or not you obey this to stay healthy. And he said, if you will diligently listen to my voice do what's right in my sight, give ear to my commandments and keep my rules, then you can live disease-free. For I'm the Lord that heals you. So for the people who ran afoul of God's law, what did they do? Back in the day, they went to the priest, made the, the appropriate sacrifice, were forgiven, they got the health back. Amen? This is how it, same thing we do now. You know, the... Uh, James, which James is it? I forget. One, five, fourteen, I'm sorry. Yeah, it says when you call for the elders of the church, they pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord, the prayer of faith will save the sick and, and he'll raise you up. And if you've committed sins, they're forgiven. So it's, it's, it's implied that you can't receive healing with sin standing between you and God. This is so simple. When you go to, to people, when you, you need something from somebody, you gotta make sure, don't you try and make sure you friends with them? You nicey nicey to everybody when you need something. If you got any sense, you are. Amen. And, and it, the same holds true for, for God. We should honor Him more than anybody else. Amen. And make sure there's nothing standing between you and God. That's very important. You gotta acknowledge the blood like that. Amen. You just can't step over it and go bombarding heaven and hitting the ceiling and all this kind of stuff. It did problemate with God. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> you better get in faith and get in obedience. Amen. Amen. So so we're to diligently hearken. Not just listen superficially, but listen on purpose. Diligent means on purpose. Study it like a student. Amen. <clears throat> And be attentive to what he tells you to do. Obey him in everything. Amen. So when we are born again, you have imputed righteousness. Amen. It doesn't depend on the do's and don'ts, but it does depend on right relationship with God at all times. Amen. And and letting your heart be pure before him. Imputed righteousness, there's no law against it. Self-righteousness won't get you anything. Amen trying to do everything right i don't know what's wrong i've been doing it I, I don't go there you know what's wrong you talk to god about that and get that resolved he always forgives he always set free you know you always are refreshed when you go to god and you say god i'm just feeling out of sorts where am i missing it you know i'm 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 not as uh, encouraged today as i usually am i, I needed well what is it you know what I'm saying? Sometimes we just have been uh leaning to our own understanding too long. You ever go on a binge of of listening to yourself and trying to figure stuff out, and you know, because you shut Him out. Amen. Now I don't know about you, but that's wrong for me. See that I need to confess and ask God's forgiveness for. God, I'm sorry. I've spent I've waste. You told me to love you with all of my mind. And I have used my mind to dwell on negative things. I've used my mind to worry. I've used my mind to fear. I've used my mind to conjure up goofy ideas. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's a sin in my book. Because you violated his law. Amen? Don't cut corners. Be diligent about this. you going to do it, do it right. There's so many people who have suffered lack because of overlooking things they deem not important instead of going to God and going to his word and the holy spirit will let you know when something's not right you get that scratching on the inside of your spirit and you know something ain't, ain't settling right somewhere he's your he he gives you peace when you when you're thinking right believing right you got peace if you're not doing it right, you don't have it. And so keep at it till you get to peace. Confess. Thank Him. Praise Him. Worship Him. Sometimes we can put that dumb thinking down for a minute and then pick it right back up again. You ever been there? You've been a prisoner of your own mind. <laughs> and we gotta stop. Amen. Cause pretty soon you'll start conceiving ideas and stringing thoughts together. And trying to make it work when it's not God. Amen. So, so then we have to, to believe God has, is doing what he says he's going to do. Just take him at his word. Amen. So, so we have the imputed righteousness. It's not ours. It belongs to Jesus. Amen. It's Jesus's righteousness, not your own. So we must believe in God's imputed righteousness and live by faith in it. Have confidence that that righteousness will get us everything that we need. That's how we can come boldly to the throne of grace. As long as you think it's because you, you did the right thing or you okay and all that kind of stuff, it won't work. Has to be His righteousness. So, uh, uh, um, uh, thank you. The other thing we need to know about God is most people are, are hindered in a couple of areas. Until you really start to, to hide the Word in your heart more and more and you get more confident in God's Word. Two, two areas that we question sometimes in, in trying to know what, what the will of God is, is whether or not He is willing and the other one is whether he is able. Amen, whether he is willing and whether he's able. And in Matthew 8, it says, "When he was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him, and behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, "Lord, if you wilt or if you are willing, you can make me clean." Uh, some people doubt if God can amen uh, the Bible says that that um, Abraham was fully persuaded that what God had promised he was able also to perform amen so he had because in the past he had doubted God's ability amen and because he doubted God's ability he relied on his own ability. He relied on his own understanding. He just understood God said that he would have offspring and have a son. And, and the fact that he didn't wait for God to tell him how it was going to be done. He just did what he figured was the best he could in obedience. You know, it was the norm. It was how people did things back in the day. And so until you come into a full knowledge of the will of God, it's a little challenging for you to uh, believe him, to accept what he's saying, to know exactly how to do things. That's why the blood cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Amen? Because we make mistakes. And a mistake doesn't, you know, put you out of the game. Amen? Amen? You know, if you're in basketball, what, you get five fouls in the whole game or something? Amen? Something like that. You know, I mean, they don't just put you out because you miss it one time. I don't call Well, some of them are really bad. Now you, <laughs> you take that ball and you cold cock somebody with that and they pass out on it. Now, you out the game. You understand what I'm saying? But just do You know, crossing the line in their, their laws that they have. They don't put you out. Amen. Everybody's forgiving, giving you a second chance. And so, God is like that. He, that's why He dealt with Abraham the way He did. If, if, if His dealings with Abraham don't show you anything else, it shows you how God is willing to work with your faith until you get it right. Amen. And that's what he does for us. He works with our faith until we get it right. And see, we're ready to disqualify ourselves right off the bat because we do one or two things, you know, make a couple of mistakes, whether they're honest mistakes or rebellious mistakes. He doesn't hold them against us. Amen. If we're willing to admit that we didn't get it right and something else is, is afoot here, then, then God's willing to work with us. So remember that. Always repent. Always ask forgiveness, and tell God, "I'm, I'm, well, I'm ready. I'm ready, God. I'm willing, God. I want to do this. I gotta get this, God. I have found myself saying that more to God recently than I ever have. Just being more determined to get it." Amen. You know, God, I'm, I'm stumbling over my faith here somewhere. And I, I, now I want to get this right. And I know you want me to get it right. And I'm not leaning to my own understanding. I'm trusting you the best I can and help me with what I can't. Amen. And, and just realize he is your strong tower. He is your strength. He is your ever present help. He is present to help you. Cause Lord knows we need it. <laughs> we need it real bad. So this, this blind man, uh, uh, I'm sorry, this leper was convinced that in Jesus' ability. That's wonderful. Cause a lot of us aren't. When we come up against something that in miracle territory, you know, uh, restoring, doing, curing you from an incurable disease. Once people find that word incurable in a diagnosis, they start to doubt God's ability. Amen. And, and that just never should be, but we've got to get that cleared up too. So what do you do? Do what this guy did. He followed Jesus. He watched him do this over and over and over again. He said, this dude's got the goods. Amen. He's got it. Just like we do when, when we need help from somebody who says they have a healing ministry. You observe them over a period of time and you see the results. You say, Oh, oh this is possible. If I go over here, God will meet me over here. All I got to do is bring my faith. Amen. And, and these people have the anointing. And so this is, this is in the other issue is, is he willing? Well, what does the word say? He sent his word in. Heal them by his stripes. We were healed. If you diligently are, I'm the Lord that healeth you. So he's willing. How do I know he's going to heal me? Because you don't see him turning anybody else down, do you? And he did show me somebody he turned down that came to Him by faith. He didn't tell this guy. No. He put forth his hand. That's what he does to us. When we come to him and tell him, confess, God, I don't know. I'm just not feeling it. I, I don't know, but I'm I'm putting it out there, Lord. I thank you for your healing touch on my life right now in Jesus' name. Amen. And, and receive it. Amen. Receive it. The other way we can receive is just by listening to his word. Taking him at his word. There was a Roman centurion that Jesus said, boy, I've never seen anybody with this kind of faith. What kind of faith was it? It took God at his word. He said, this guy said, listen, don't come to my house. Amen. <laughs> you ever been like that? <laughs> he probably ran out of the house and left it all toe up from the flow up. All these idols. all You know, the Romans were good idol worshippers, and they were brutal people, too. Amen and and they a lot of their temple worship had uh um, uh sexual promiscuity in it he probably got him about four or five girlfriends hanging around there and concubines and seven wives and all he said no nah, jesus you know what on second thought don't come in my house right, right. <laughs> it might scare even you <laughs> huh? but he said just speak the word and i know my servant will be healed See, some people. I mean, it it never ceases to amaze me with the people who trusted God's word. They were, they were up to some illegal, huh? The woman with the issue of blood, all illegal. She shouldn't have been touching nobody. She was considered to be unclean. But it says she came in the press. So she is touching everybody. Illegal. Huh? And then this Roman centurion. He's he's a believer in the way Jesus does things and his power and his authority. Now don't tell me you can't get healed on believing God can. How many people have been healed like that? Oh, I believe God can do anything. Do you think he can heal you? Oh, yeah. They get it every single time. Amen. And so faith comes before the law. If God has put his faith in you, that will override any so-called law we think we're breaking to get where you got me. Except the law of love. Your faith won't work without love. Especially if you're a believer. So if you're disobeying that, you better get it in gear, get in line. Amen? But people who were forbidden to do certain things, you can't have this because of what society says. You can't have that. Like if society says you can't congregate, stay at home. I'm going to go out and worship God. I don't know what y'all going to do, but I'm going to worship the Lord. Amen? If it's just me and the wallpaper... And the missing carpet. Amen. The devil has done everything he could to run us out of here. You got me? But we're still here. Amen. And so we have to take heart in that. Because it's getting tougher and tougher to obey God. You understand what I'm saying? How much time I got, Miss Noel? I see your little sign. You put it up already? Not yet? Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you. Yeah. So, So we have to... Obey the the laws of God so our faith will work. Faith only works through love. And sometimes if your faith isn't working, sometimes that's the first thing you need to check to get it right. Because it works flawlessly when you walk in love. Amen? It works without fail. Every single time. Doubting God is not walking in love. Holding on to offenses is not walking in love. Being selfish, looking out for you, number one, and walking all over other people, that's not love. Amen. Any kind of fear is not love. Perfect love casts fear out. Amen. And so when when your love is a mature love in God, amen, you're not fearful about yourself. You're not afraid of bad news. And so many people are. They're scared, you know, that they're scared of a fever, they're scared of a cough, they're scared of a body ache. Amen. And once you let that fear grip you, it can escalate from there. Amen. And so we have to, to understand our, our privilege in God, our covenant with God, our status with God, how to keep good relationships, how to keep the flow of the grace of God and the power of God in our lives, how to keep your faith to the point where you can speak to a symptom and it leaves your body immediately. Amen. You know the devil always try to come back. You know they beg Jesus not to cast them out. You know, I mean, <laughs> they they they'll definitely beg you or or not move fast. Amen. Make you think they're not going make you think you don't have authority I I know many times over the years people were kind of new at speaking to symptoms you can tell they're a little nervous they said well I did that I talked to it I said what did it, it it didn't work it didn't go nowhere I said it will so I make them stand at the altar and talk to a symptom so they can see it leaves at their voice you got me 'Cause it will. This it can't stay. So you gotta believe, you gotta be convinced it's not you that they're listening to, it's the Holy Spirit that lives in you. That ain't just you talking to the devil. That's somebody behind you that he's really scared of. He's scared of you. <laughs> if he was scared of you, he'd stay out of your money. Huh? <laughs> so we have to understand that he's just slow to move sometimes, but he got to move. The command of faith is given. So once the command of faith is given, I mean, you got to believe that he's got got to move. Amen. Don't be on faith tryout all your life. But believe that he's got to move. Believe you got when you submit to God and resist the devil, he's got to flee. He got to get up out of there. And you can't be living for the devil and still have authority over him. Come on now, that's like trying to get rid of a girlfriend you know ain't supposed to be around. You keep calling her, you'll never get rid of her. <laughs> oh, Pastor Bob, don't be saying stuff like they'll grow up. Amen. I wouldn't have to go there if y'all would pay attention more. (laughs) Oh, I can do this. I'm doing it for whomever's on the internet. Amen. Clean it up. All right. Why don't we stop? Father in heaven, we thank you for your word and thank you for understanding of your word. Thank you, Lord, that your word is pure. It's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces asunder soul and spirit joints and marrow it's a discerner and thoughts and tents of the heart and we thank you lord that that word is powerful in us and we are healed we were healed we is healed we was healed we do be healed in every different language we can say it amen (laughs) We are healed. And we thank you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. While we do our declaration, I don't have Rona and she don't have me. I can't get Rona. She can't get me. Thank you, Father, that by your stripes we are healed. Amen, amen, and amen again. It is so decreed. Amen. Praise God. Amen.